Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Halt, the podcast. We're a brand new podcast hosted by myself, Jamie Paisley, alongside Gaudi, and we're talking all things COVID-19 and how it's affecting the film and entertainment industry across the globe. Yeah, we've got some amazing guests lined up. We've been doing some chats and I can't wait to get these out there. If you do see this podcast on any online platforms, please leave us a review, leave us five stars. That'd be nice. I'm not taking anything less. Do not go giving us a three. No, nothing less than four and a half stars, I think. Even if you're thinking four and a half, just go the five anyway. Just do it. Look, we're just here to help out the lonely yeah. actors of the world during this pandemic. You know what? The acting industry and the entertainment industry can be incredibly lonely at the best of times without chucking a pandemic right in the middle of it. Yeah, look, and the people we've chatted to so far have been amazing and I've been looking forward to getting this chat up. That's right. We've got an amazing guest today. He's had an incredible career that's gone for more than 20 years. He's worked all over the world. And I will say we did this over Zoom, as a lot of people are doing at the moment, and there was a little bit of a lag every now and then, but it's only a very small part of the chat where the internet kind of slows down a little bit, but for the most part, it is all good to go. So if it lags a little bit, we do apologise, but we don't control the internet, unfortunately. It's just part of working from home. Yeah, that's right, like everyone is doing at the moment. And it is Dan McPherson. Uh, He's on a TV show at the moment called Strike Back, which you can see right around the world on Cinemax, Sky TV and Foxtel. I saw him doing an Instagram Live where he was chatting to people and I've been mates with him for a little while and I thought, oh, that's brilliant. I wonder if you'd come on the podcast and here he is right now, Dan McPherson. Just incidentally, how how annoying is Instagram now that the first five or ten stories are all people doing lives? It just it just ruins your Instagram experience, and I felt really I felt really guilty. I was like, I was one of those guys. I think you've got an interesting story, though. <laughs> I think you get away oh, with oh, it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're all we're kind of um, I'm usually kind of pretty pretty quiet, you know, and I don't don't do a lot of that kind of thing. And then I just I just figured um. I figured it might as well. I got some interesting friends, some interesting friends with interesting stories. And, uh, well, let's, well, everybody's cooped up kind of, uh, trying to stay connected and, and, um, you know, feel like they're part of a community or part of a, a larger sort of group of people while they're in isolation. It's kind of important for people to, to stay connected and maybe, maybe as a, as a slight distraction from the, the news cycle right now, which just seems to be, um, really kind of, uh, it's it's a t- it's a tough tough world in the news world. If all you're doing at the moment is is watching the news and checking Twitter and Facebook, uh, you know it's it's uh, it's it's driving people crazy. It is interesting that in a time where we're all being asked to self isolate and stay locked away, we are turning towards things like Instagram. And I feel like I'm connecting more with people than ever before. Honestly, I'm chatting to my mates more. People aren't as busy right now, so they've got the time to sort of chat. And in a weird sort of way, I, it, it, feeling it more connected in a in a strange way. Are you feeling that? Yeah. No, abs- oh, absolutely. absolutely. I just did uh, I did a chat with uh, a buddy of mine, Taylor Steele, who's a, is a filmmaker out of the US, and, and we're all involved in Tequila Company. So I, I just did a, a, a chat with Taylor while we're having a tequila. So yes, I've had two tequilas and it's only quarter past 12. Um, we are also drinking we were, a lot earlier than ever before as well. We were, <laughs> we were just quarantine drinking. Seems so the rules are how much you can order as well at the moment. Anyway, that's, that's, I digress. But look, definitely for a time where we're supposed to be isolating, it's uh, it seems to be a wonderful time of connection and unification of humanity. And, and we, we were just sort of just chatting before of saying, it's a really interesting time because I, I I know I know one or two people who who have coronavirus. They're in the US. Um, they had a mild strain. They quarantined. They didn't have to go to hospital. Um, they isolated and, and they made a full recovery. 
But for for maybe 90% or more of the world's population, we are largely unaffected by it. I don't know anyone that has it. I haven't seen anybody that has it. None of my immediate family or friends have it and and far less um, affected badly by it. Nor do I know many people who are working on the front lines in the medical industry or in hospital or anything like that. So, So for a large majority of us, our response to a global human crisis is actually almost going on the, it's almost an act of faith. It's an act of hope by going, I trust that the information I've been and been given, that if I do this, if I, if I isolate, if I quarantine, if I social distance, if I do whatever, whatever I choose to do, and I am helping people that I don't know that I've never met, but we're doing something as a country, you know, state by state, but globally to, to do something that is going to help our fellow humans. And, and I don't remember the last time we've done that. It's certainly not in my lifetime, perhaps those going back to, to war times. And I think that's um, a really unifying behavior. And, and I think there's a lot of positives in it, taking away that there is 10% of the, the world's population right now that are dealing with a, a very different crisis to the one that we're, we're, we're facing. You know, yeah. we're either passive or, or active in, in in facing this crisis. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 an interesting time, but we're we're all doing it and 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 just trying to stay connected. Well, I guess that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do a podcast like this. I mean, the entertainment industry um, can be incredibly lonely for a lot of people. And we just thought if we could help out maybe one lonely actor in this time, um, it might do a, a world of good. So we really appreciate you am coming I, am, I, am I the lonely actor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I'm one myself, <laughs> an out-of-work actor. Oh, look, it's, I mean, as if, as, as if the entertainment industry isn't hard enough as is, you know, but, but this, this, um, this lockdown and this time has been, has been really tough, particularly for, for, for actors. Um, I mean, for, for artists across the entire entertainment industry board, you know, like it's a tough time, but, um, you know, it it shut down pilot season, it shut down a lot of productions. So, so for me in my career, a, a lot of my friends, uh, we're about to are either based in the US or about to go to the US um, or auditioning out of Australia for American stuff during American pilot season, which is the busiest time of auditioning and casting for, for new TV shows um, in the world every year. So that's, um, that's a tough time. It's a tough time to, and, 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 you know, the other end of the spectrum of going, well, cinemas are going to be shut indefinitely. So film production, um, it, it will be, will be changed for a long time. Yeah, it is one of those um, things when you do yeah, get a little every, bit of momentum going in whatever it is you're doing. And, and I guess it covers any level of the industry as well, whether you're sort of, you've been chipping away for a year or two trying to make things happen or mm. someone like yourself yeah. who's a bit further down the line yeah. and you're just sort of yeah. kicking all the goals and then all of a sudden there's a big old handbrake on it that you don't know when the handbrake's going to be yeah. released. Yeah. Look, I feel I feel more so for, for the crews. You know, we I've been working on a show now that employs 400 people in Ireland. Um, my sister works on Home and Away. She's a producer at Home and Away. Um, got a lot of friends who are who are you know producers and, and making stuff. So there's a lot of crew members uh, that are affected um, as badly, if if not worse, than the artist in front of the camera or or the microphone or you know whatever on stage, whatever, whatever sort of vocation or medium they're in. But, but yeah, really, um, a lot of crew members who are who are really 
really in a tough position as well, just not knowing when the next paycheck's coming in. And it's a tough time, man. It's a really tough time, guys. How is it for Strike Back, the show that you're working on, and and when you guys found out about it? And yeah. Yeah, we. Um, I'm in a really interesting position actually, and I'm, look, I'm really fortunate, Dan. I um, I I finished Strike Back in November, so we're actually in the middle of the press tour or the press right now. So we're actually going to air right now. So we wrapped. That was our last season in November. Uh, I had three months off. I came home to Sydney over that three months, um, and it was bushfire crisis time, and so I was back in Australia, you know, facing that with with the rest of the country. Um, and that was a really intense time, and also again a similar time of of, of unification, and and um, and perhaps you know perhaps and, and I digress here, but also there is a little I I imagine there is a bit of charity or empathy fatigue in this country because we were all so unified. There was so much of a charity angle. Everybody got up and did so much in that bushfire crisis, and we're now going to be hit by an immediately as bad, if not worse, the crisis now. So. I, um, that, that is a, that is a side note. So, um, so I'm doing press for strike back at the moment. I was in Ireland. I'd started another job, uh, another production, um, in January, uh, which has been put on hiatus, uh, for the time being. So I've moved to Ireland in January and started filming for a couple of weeks. I had a, a short window to come home to see my family and visit my friends and family. And I was supposed to go back to Ireland, uh, two and a half weeks ago to start filming for the next couple of months. And um, that production's been shut down. So that production is is one of the largest employers of um, creatives in in the UK and Ireland. So we had a lot of a lot of crew um, up, over from London, down from Dublin. We're filming in Limerick, um, and you know, so there's 400 plus crew in Ireland that are they're not being not being used right now. So so the fallout from that, and that's just one production that I know of. So uh, to answer your question, I'm home now for a couple of months indefinitely. So the good the good time is I, I'm now back in Sydney. I'm with my family and um, and just, just bunkering down like everybody else. Are you finding you're using this bit of time to kind of reflect on your career? I mean, a lot of actors are at one stage of their career, find themselves out of work. Um, do, you, do you, are you using this time to kind of reflect and and feel positive about the work that you have done? Um, you know what? I'm actually doing the opposite. I, I um, I, I spend a lot of time looking forward, not back so much, and that's just in my nature. And I've always been that to probably my own detriment. Um, but it's definitely a time of slowdown. It's definitely a time where there is reduced noise, there is just reduced restract, distraction. That's the tequila coming in. Um, yeah, there is definitely. Uh, <laughs> we should have all had tequila. I feel like we should have all had a tequila while we hey record guys. this. You know, so we should. We should start doing a tequila podcast. We'd take a tequila break. But, but you know, I, I find that you know that that when you take away all this distraction, all this noise out of your everyday life, all shit that we put on ourselves. I mean, you know, it gets to a point where you wake up in the morning and before you've even got out of bed or brushed your teeth or made a coffee or whatnot, you've checked your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter your bank account, your emails, and you're like, man, it's just an onslaught from the moment you wake up. Mm. So to kind of clear some of that noise out of the way a little bit and and use it as a really creative time. So I'm, you know, I've got a show that's already on air that I'm doing press for. I've got a show that I'm filming that's in hiatus and I'm and I'm working on whatever's next. So I've sort of got the three phases of television. And um, so I, I'm kind of using this, this slowdown, this hiatus as a really creative time um, to take a bit of a break, um, as best I can so that when, 
the green light does go on whatever's next, that I'm fully ready mentally, physically, emotionally, however you want to be to, to go back full gas to, to the craziness of work. It is a forced break that we're all, you know, we all have to take right now. But for someone who is go, 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 and I know, you know, we all keep the positive mindset and we all look at it as, you know, try and find the bright side of it. But for someone who is always ambitious, moving forward and making those moves, it, it can't come without a few frustrations, surely. Yeah, look, I, I think it's all perspective, to be fair. I think this can be a really positive time. I think this can be a really to slow down. And that is, you can go, I mean, uh, you know, in sport, we used to call it active recovery. You know, it's not like you've finished a race and you've got to go and sit down for two days and eat two eat pizzas and, and drink beers and recover. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go and do, you know, using triathlon analogy, but you get up and go do a light run and you go and stretch and you do yoga and you get a massage and all this sort of stuff. We call it active recovery in sport. And I think that's the same in this. Of going, We've got a forced hiatus where we have to slow down. You can use that to study scripts. You can watch movies that you've never seen. You can open yourself up to different books, different authors, different filmmakers, different television series. You've got this time where you're being told to sit on your ass and consume as much content. If you don't come out of this in four weeks time, having a much better knowledge of what every network, every director, every actor, every filmmaker, podcaster, artist is doing, then, you know, maybe you've eaten too much pizza and done too many TikTok videos. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've been training for this exact moment for 33 years. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to. Well, the eating pizza part. I'm ready to sit on the couch and watch all the shows and do all the stuff. So I am idea, just man. keeping yeah, my regular man. routine going, except now we're forced to, to do it. Yeah, it's, it's actually really great to see people getting online and doing something a bit more creative and we're forced to do it. So what I'm seeing is in, in Sydney is a lot of, and actually everywhere in the world, but a lot of actors, we're all getting online and um, sort of starting these scene classes clubs and people are doing online workshops and online rehearsals and things like that, um, which is sort of something that's quite foreign to me. Uh, I have done a lot of um, screen tests and things where, you know, you're doing it remotely, um, but I've never done a class, for example, online. So is that something that you have seen a lot of in the last few months or is it? Oh, it's amazing. Like I saw I saw a casting agent, yeah, Daisy, Daisy Hicks in Sydney, who I've known for many years, who just said, hey, look, I'm at home. Um, if you're at home, pick it, pick a scene, send it to me. I'll send you feedback on your audition. Isn't Tape she audition. wonderful? Daisy's wonderful. And I was like, good on you, Daisy. There goes your four weeks. <laughs> I know. She put, she put 200 scripts on her Instagram and said, come on, guys, just send me a script. Send, yeah. me, send me a screen I test. It was great. It. Look, I, I, just, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful and I, and I just think it's a great time of, of, of the barriers, all the all the preconceptions, all the the unwritten rules go out the window. We're all in this together. And um and I've got this idea of I wanna I wanna kind of do a, a two person play, but do a reading on Instagram live. Oh. So actually do a performance and just okay. go, okay, well let's let's get someone and there's a couple of good two handers around and go, well let's rehearse for a week and we'll do it next Friday night at eight o'clock on Instagram live. That's amazing. And so I, I kind of probably should do that because I keep talking about it and not actually doing it. But Please but, uh, do I it, I might please. Hit up Luke Hemsworth. You know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, well, I was going to say like there's a bunch of good two handers, but I think a guy and a girl might be better than two dudes. But I could always get Luke to read the female part. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think, why not? You know, like imagine, 
again, it's it's that it's, it's a time of creativity where there's no rules, there's no restrictions. It's like we're all doing it. It's it's like it reminds me of the stories I heard of of you know Second World War and people singing in in bunkers and shelters in in Europe. You know, it's like well, we're, we're doing our version of that. Yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, in 2020, and I think we got to this in society, a point to this in society where we just thought uh, we can solve anything in 2020. It, it doesn't feel like this is 1920s kind of stuff. Like you feel like someone's just going to yeah. come out and go, oh, I've got a vaccine or a cure. Like this is just the things we, yeah. we've advanced that far now. I could never have picked this in a million years that this no would happen way. again, but yeah. it's always a real, it's always a real. Yeah. Thing. I think some of the, the best yeah. films of all time could be written in this couple of months. Mm. Well, I, I was thinking that this this time will be uh, will be the I, I hope and I hope for this time that in the next six, 12, however many months after this ends, it will be this creative renaissance of everybody has written music, written musicals, written film, written television during this time that over the next one, two, five years, we will be seeing the benefits of this incredible time uh, throughout stage and screen and music because everybody was forced to take three months off and stay at home and sit down and write that script or write that story that they always dreamed of writing but always said, I'm too busy, I'll do it when I get around to it. Guess what? You're around to it. We've got nothing but time. Yeah. I'm actually writing my own you know? script at the moment and it's, it's they, been something see, that awesome. I've been talking about it's doing awesome. for about a year and <laughs> now I'm being forced to I mean, do it. I just, I just think, you know, there will be a reward for, for all those actors and artists that are out there going, we've had to stand down, we've got no work. You know, this is a horrible time. This is going to be so challenging. The flip side of that, that the next five years after this is over will be even more of a golden age of, of film and television because there's going to be so much great work around and so much more work around. Um, so hang tough, people. Hang tough. It's going to get better and it's going to probably be the best it's ever been in history. Now That's that, now that we're in the inspiring chat part of this, um, I want to go back to, stri- <laughs> <laughs> to, to strike back uh, because you yeah. had a pretty massive audition process and it's a little bit foreign to a lot of people here. It was nothing like uh, I'd say what your neighbour's audition was like. So can you talk us through <laughs> yeah, right. what, what the audition process was like because it seemed like it could have been its own reality show. Yeah, yeah, and it took it took place over a long time. So, Strike Back is a, for those of you who don't you don't know it, it's an action military series. It's based on a combined American, British um, special forces you know, black ops unit. So, I was playing an American special forces soldier in an in an English unit, basically. Um, and it had been it had been on air for four or five seasons before I joined. The show went off air, and it had a hiatus, and then they brought it back um, with a new cast. And, and kind of new characters and, and completely rebooted the show and I was part of the reboot. So I'd, um, I'd been in LA for a couple of years before that, uh, auditioning without a lot of success and then finally just started cracking through and, and I got my first job in 2015 in America and then I got another job um, as just a guest role on a show for Fox and it was filming in Chicago. And, and actually, the reason I got these jobs and the reason I got the strike back audition was I didn't work for a year over there. And um, I was just hustling. And, and eventually I, I met, I got chatting to the local barista at my coffee shop in, in, um, in Hollywood where I lived. Like actually in like North Hollywood, not like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I wasn't living right in Hollywood. Uh, and, 
and we got chatting and he was a filmmaker and he was a writer and we, we got chatting and our, and our conversations lasted from the moment I got to the front of the coffee queue to the moment he handed me my coffee. So we had about like a couple of minutes every morning, you know, Hey man, how are you? How's your day? What are you up to? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Here's your coffee. Cool man. See you tomorrow. And, and we did that. And it's over the course of like a couple of weeks, turned out he was a script writer. They were going to shoot this indie film. They had like a hundred thousand US dollars. They had no money to go and do it, but they were shooting in Florida or Pennsylvania. I was like, cool, I'd love to read it. And I got to read it and jumping forward a few steps, but I ended up meeting him. His cousin was the director, read the script. They were like, would you like to play the lead? I was like, cool, I've got nothing else to do. Let's go and let's go and do this. So I shot this indie film for four weeks, staying with the director's family in Pennsylvania, like got paid no money, lost money on it, but it was a great role. And I did that for five, I did that for five weeks over August, over a summer in LA instead of doing nothing, instead of sitting at pool parties or going to the beach, I went and worked on a, on an indie film in Pennsylvania that no one would ever see that I was going to lose money on. But what a great when experience. When I came back, it was, a, it was the greatest experiences I've ever had. But when I came back to LA, I did three auditions the week. I get back, got back, did three self-tapes and I got all three jobs because wow. I was match fit because I'd gone and worked instead of sitting around waiting for the next audition. I, I did that knowing that it's like, it's like football. It's like anything you get match fit and you get work fit. And so then I, one of those auditions was strike back. The other one was this job in Chicago. So I started doing this job in Chicago and then I got, I was on the short list for strike back and then I had to do a second tape. And then they told me I was too much like Sullivan Stapleton, who was the previous actor. So I was off the list and strike back went away. And then two weeks later, strike back came back and now you're number one on the list. And it was just like this roller coaster of, Hollywood crap. We're like, oh, whatever. And then finally, like, you've got to fly to London to, to do this chemistry test and the dates just lined up. So I went from LA to Chicago, Chicago to London, went and you do two days of, of chemistry reads. So there were, there were three or four guys for my role. There were three or four guys for the other role and a couple of girls each for, for, for the girl roles. And you know, there were like 20 people there auditioning and you mix and match all day with all the producers, all the directors, the big bosses from HBO. And, um, and so we did that for a couple of days and, and every day at five o'clock or six o'clock, you get an email asking, telling you that you were required the next day. It was like Survivor. So wow. if you didn't get the email, we'd, we'd all be sitting at the pub. And if you didn't get the email, you're they out. booked your flight home. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I survived, I survived the first couple of days. And then the last day, they put you in a minibus at 6am, drive you like three hours out of London into the middle of nowhere. And there's a bunch of soldiers there and they put you through this eight hour boot camp of like running and like weapons and like orienteering and up and down hills and like crawling up hills on your elbows, with guns and like all this stuff that was completely alien to us. And then we're all, we're all asleep on the bus on the way back to London that night. And, and then on the next day I flew back to LA and then I was back at work in Chicago and, um, didn't hear anything and I didn't really want to get my hopes up. And, um, but uh, I got an email a month later as I was flying from Chicago back to Los Angeles. I got I had in-air Wi-Fi and it came up on the plane and I couldn't tell anyone. So I just sat there bawling my eyes out on the plane <laughs> by myself that I got the job. Uh, I landed back in LA. I was like, yes, finally, I made it. I Yay, made it. I got it a job. It was worth it. All those army crawls. That was it. Yeah, it was worth it. So that so was, you know, that was such a, that was such an amazing time. And, and then, um, and then, yeah, that just, that, so the last, the final season of Strike Back's on air right now. 
and uh, and I wrapped that up in November. So that was been that's been an incredible ride, an incredible phase in my life. Well, congratulations on it, man! It is one of those games of just continuously chipping away, isn't it? No matter what level you're at, that's just the name of the game: is to just chip away until make it work for yourself. That's what you really got to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a combination of of luck. It's a combination of of hard work. It's a combination of being in the right place at the right time, but. The, the, I guess what LA taught me and and what might be applicable to this time is there is so much stuff that is out of your control in the entertainment industry. There is so much stuff that's out of your control in trying to forge a career as, a, as an artist um, in, in any medium that, that you have no excuse to not master what is in your control. So if after this six or eight week hiatus, you've got an audition with an American accent and you haven't been nailing your American accent over this time or practicing it every day, then that's on then you. Can't help you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. on you. And and so my my advice is there's there's so much other stuff out there. You've got to master what is in your control and uh, and man up and or girl up, man up, yeah. woman up <laughs> and uh and, and take control for your for your own destiny. Did you ever come girl close? Up. Did you girl ever up, girl so. up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shake up. Yeah. <laughs> what's the ultimate for you, Dan? Like what's uh, if you could choose one thing, what is that thing? Oh, I've never been good at one thing, but but look, I'm certainly loving acting and I, and I had I had a great time doing live television and I really enjoyed that, but I I don't I, I'll kind of I'm going to leave that in my retirement plan for now and um and I'm going to just just stick with I mean the quality of television around the world right now is is the best it's ever been. Um, so I'm developing my own TV ideas and my own television series, which which is really exciting to to be a, a greater, a bigger part of that storytelling process. Um, look, if I if I can just keep working in in America um, and heading in the direction I'm going, which is you know into into more leading roles, um, working with great actors, um, working with super high caliber creatives. Um, you know, I don't have to go and I don't have to go and be Chris Hemsworth, but I can certainly go and and um, and go and just keep working in in American film and television uh, and, and working with great people and great projects, and I'm, I'm very happy with that. It's also falling in love with the process and not the destination, really, isn't it? Uh, that's that's one. Of, that's actually one of my sayings. To be fair, is is that that oftentimes, and in my, I learned this kind of firsthand that 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 the destination is a bonus, but if you if you if you discount the journey, you're missing the best part Yeah. because mm. the lessons come from the journey, the ride, the ride to get there. That's the best bit. It's when, when you get to the destination, then you can stop and take a breath and go, Holy shit, look what I just did. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, don't, don't discount the, the, the journey because, uh, the destination is just a bonus, but the journey is where all the lessons are. That's, I where, love the fun, that. that's, where, that's where the fun stuff is. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I- don't get so caught up on the destination. That's the thing. I mean, I, I just love going to classes. I love doing acting classes. Um, yeah. And so I think- So where, where are you doing those? Are you doing those in Sydney? In Sydney, in Sydney. In Sydney. So those? yeah, yep. so I mean, we're, we're about an hour and a half from Sydney, an hour. Um, so yeah, yeah so I, I go, I drive up to Tafta and Sydney and I drive to yep. Sydney Actors Collective. Um, I'm doing yep. these uh, really great workshops that are, we call them screen jams and um, that's with the scene on screen. And basically yep. you just get up and you do a screen test awesome. every week. So- um, you, you stay camera yeah. ready and you stay audition ready and you just get to have a bit of a play um, with with not yep. too much pressure. I mean, you're not trying to book anything yep. in that particular yep. class. So it's just, yep. it gives you a chance to just have a have a good time and, and remember why you started doing it in the first place. It's not just about that's exactly, auditioning and that's getting That's exactly involved. how I started. 
Yeah, That's exactly right. how I started my first acting classes uh, in 1997. Were going and doing the same thing after school, um, just 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 putting scenes down on camera and then watching them back and critiquing them and and like, sorry, someone's emailing me. Always go away, go away, mum, go away, mum. But you know, but but that's it. And you you know you you learn you learn so much about camera craft as much as performance about everything you know and acting for cameras a completely different beast to to stage or or even film and television changes a little bit you know so good who are you who are your acting coaches who are you training with um well tony bonner i've been working with a lot who i just oh absolutely tony adore. tony was one of my first coaches <laughs> give really? tony my love oh uh, he's been yep, he's yep, been incredibly yep, yep. supportive of me so I, i'll let you know oh, that you great. said that he was i think my even my first coach he was my um my acting my, sorry my managers back then when I was it was ninety seven, and they they got Tony one on one. I was like you need to work with this kid and 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 help him out. And Tony Tony and I did a few sessions together, and he taught me a lot. And one of the greatest um one of the greatest memories I have of working with Tony, one of the greatest lessons he taught me was just to be just be. And remember, he underlined the word be. He wrote it all down. Just he be. underlined the word be. Just be. Just be on the camera. Just be. And it's still, you know, 22 years later. I was like, I still remember that. And I still think about that, about what it is actually just to to not be acting on the camera, but just to be on the camera. Incredible. And, uh, yeah. He's actually he's said great. that I'll to me. I'll give him my love. He said that to me a few times and uh, and hearing him say that to some of the younger girls as well and some of the younger guys, it's um it's really cool. And I said to Jamie as well, Dan, I said, if you're going to do this thing, you've got to give it a hundred percent. So just throw everything behind it. Not, not, you know, working yeah. 75% of the time, trying to act 25% of the time, mm-hmm. just go all guns blazing for a couple of years. And then yeah. you'll know, you know, by the end of it, if it was meant to be or not. But since then, I was part, was part-time lawyering and, you know, my, my mind was yeah. taken up with, with thinking about cases when I, when I should have been looking at scripts and things like that. So it's yeah. really nice to yeah. you know I, I guess yeah. I, I've chucked that in and uh, it's nice to be yeah. able to just focus on my creativity and you know yeah. even though it's 100%. it's a it's a very hard road and sometimes it can be quite emotional um it's yeah, yeah it's just um it's I feel so much more inspired every day doing doing something that I really enjoy doing not just something that I happen to fall into and and um just happen yeah. to be good yeah. at yeah good I, I I had I had to make the same decision when I moved to LA because I, I got over there and I was surfing and riding my bike and living in California and I loved it and I wasn't I wasn't giving it my my full attention my full commitment and and I was just winging it and I wasn't I was getting these great auditions and I and I was pissing them away because I was riding my bike up the hills and I was I wasn't preparing and I wasn't doing, and I just wasted a good couple of years doing other stuff and then I had to have this moment with myself that actually happened in the middle of a triathlon funnily enough I was halfway through a marathon at the end of a triathlon in Germany and it all all the wheels fell off and I like was about to have a breakdown and quit the race and what the frick am I still doing this for? And um, I realized why am I, why am I still spending 30 hours a week training for this sport when I'm living in LA, I'm, I'm getting so close to getting these great jobs when I really should be putting this energy into that. So I quit triathlon immediately. This was 2014. Um, and I got my first American job three months later. Wow. And it was like, it was that could take, take that 25 hours a week that I was putting into something else. Yep devote all that time and energy into my career, which meant going and finding a, a better acting coach, a different acting coach, working, um, working with an accent coach, spending more time in the gym, um, just reading my books, seeing my movies, like immersing myself in that world. And all of a sudden you've got an extra 25 hours a week 
devoted mum go away De- sorry <laughs> devoted to devoted to my um devoted to my career yeah that i was putting to something else you know and it was taking away from my career so good on you i, I wish you the absolute best of luck and that's it's a wonderful fortunate position where you guys can support each other and you've got the time to 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 um and the ability to to sort of go hey i'm gonna step away from this and give it my all so yeah yeah, that's, that's energy. It, baby. How energy, exciting. Energy's Thank everything you. too, so you just got to put it all into it. One last question before we let you get back to your mum's emails. Um, yes. Because you kind of mentioned it. Did you ever think about throwing it in at any point? Have you ever come close? To, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who, you know, they get yeah. to that point where they're like, do I throw it away or do I keep chipping away? Have you ever been in that yeah. situation? Oh, totally. Look, I mean, I was there. I was there in... I was there in, you know, LA for, for a good two and a half years, not working. I was coming home and doing dance with the stars, but no one would give me an acting job. Um, and I, and I've used this analogy before, so I apologize if anyone's listening and I've heard it before, but, but I, um, I liken, I, I quit my career in Australia when I was doing city homicide and dancing with the stars. So I was working seven days a week for channel seven on two jobs and, and I quit to go to America in the two years that I not working in America, I got offered Australia's Got Talent, Survivor, X Factor, another series of dancing, just about everything except my kitchen rules because I can't cook. You know, like I literally just got offered every three months, would you come back and do this? We just had to stick to my guns. And every time you're like, have I made a mistake? What the fuck am I doing here? I'm not working. And I liken it to the analogy I use is it's like swimming from Sydney to LA where for 98% of that journey, you can't see either either coastline. So you don't know if you're getting further away from where you've come from or closer to your goal. You've got no idea. And you've just got to trust that hopefully you're moving forward. Wow, I so know what that feels like. Incrementally, totally. And then finally, after like two years, you, you kind of realize, well, hang on, I've been getting to these network tests or these network tests have been I'm down to the final two or I'm down to the final three. or, And it's like, okay, now I'm just like, I can see the sand at the bottom or I can see the coastline. And then finally, like you can put your, you can reach the bottom, you know, and then finally you can kind of clamber up the beach. And, and finally, after three years, I was there, but yeah, man, I was, I was ready. I got tempted to, to pack up and go home many, many times. And, um, because I'm such an ambitious, competitive son of a bitch uh, is the only reason that I didn't. <laughs> I love that. You've been, you've been so incredibly generous with your time today, but I, I wondered if I could ask one more question. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Look, a lot of a lot of the actors in Australia and I think um, over overseas as well um, are moving to Vancouver as sort of a, an alternative to LA. They're kind of looking at it as Hollywood North and a lot of productions are being shot there. Um, what are your thoughts about Vancouver as an alternative to LA? I've, I've never been there for work, but I've been there, but I know, you know, there was something like 50, 60, 70, 80 shows shot there at one point in the last couple of years. Uh, I think it's easier for us. Uh, the visa situation within the Commonwealth might be easier for us as Australians. Definitely. Um, I, I was, I was lucky, you know, I went, I went through the whole process and because I had a, a backlog of a back catalog of work, I was able to get my green card. I got an O one in LA and then got a green card. So I'm not for 12 years. So to get, a green card, get a, or get a visa, get a green card, get an agent, get a manager, get a publicist, get a social security number. Like that process, it's like you're hard. investing time in there. So it is hard and it's time consuming. And, and expensive. Um, yeah. And look, I, I really like Canadians. 
I think they're great. Vancouver is a great city, but, but also like, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of work there and the, and the work, I, I don't know, look, I, I'm not an expert on, on it to be, to be fair. Um, I know that a lot of American stuff cast out of LA and New York and shoots in Vancouver. I assume there must be a lot of local hires where you could live in Vancouver and be a local and be hired as a local. Mm. Um, if you can get your, your visa and that might be a way and it's not one I've really heard of or not one I've, I've ever explored myself. I guess I was maybe slightly a generation ahead where, where that sort of really only took off in the last couple of years while I was working elsewhere. Um, look, by the same token, um, everything casts out of Sydney too, you know? Yeah. The world, the world is tiny. The world, the world is smaller than it's ever been. Um, people are doing so, screen tests look, now and getting jobs, uh, overseas, yeah. you know, they can do it from here as well. So it does happen. I, mean, I, got, I, got stri- I got strike back out of my living room. I put down a tape for, yeah. um, a very big show being shot in Ireland myself, uh, only a couple of months ago. So it's really cool to be able to be given those opportunities just fr- from so far Was away. It, um, did it have anything to do with, <laughs> did it have anything to do with, I'm wondering if it's the same with, production um, here. Meant- was it okay? Okay. Was it um, was it in the future or the past? In the future. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> oh, I wish we could talk about this more. We'll get off the we'll podcast and have a chat about, about it. When, uh, <laughs> we'll have a chat about this. I had, when, a, uh, I had a feeling when you yeah, were talking when about Chad that that production. I wondered if it was the same one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, look, look, and look, there is a, there's a bunch of stuff in Ireland. You know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are shooting their Ridley Scott film there at the moment. Um, there's a, you know, they've got a huge, it's like Dublin's got two big sound stages. So Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are on, on that one, one of them. There's another massive show for History Channel shooting there at the moment. There's big, there's big studios up in Belfast and there's like five sound stages where we are in, um, in Limerick. So it's um I better be careful. I might not get in trouble, but um okay. better not talk about it too much. I'm just I'm just like I'm just lucky that I do uh, you know I'm fortunate that I do have a job in this hiatus and I hopefully have a job to get back to. Well, yeah. let's make your mum wait no more, McPherson. Thank you, mate. <laughs> uh, she's hanging no, for really you. Really good to chat. Really, <laughs> really you. good to chat, guys. Yeah. And I wish I wish you both all the very best. Mate, very, very proud of you having known you for a long time. Come a long way from Esperance, my friend. Love seeing, uh, <laughs> love seeing uh, yeah. I think that was where you were when we first met, wasn't it? You were doing radio. Yeah, there? that was the very start of my radio uh, career and I've yeah. worked on sort of it's, – it's, radio is very similar to acting in a way. It's one of those things where you do a lot of jobs that you don't particularly – want to do but it gets you to the next level and yeah. I've been I've been lucky exactly where that. every job I've done I've wanted to do and it's been a good progression and it got to a point where I just wanted to host my own breakfast show and for me to do that I'm doing it an hour out of Sydney and you keep climbing that ladder so who knows where yeah, that leads right. and also with podcasting and everything now I mean look at it we're hosting a podcast out of our totally. office I know um, so oh, it's, wonderful. it's absolutely wonderful there's there's so there's there's no restrictions anymore no you know? no and also look doing a breakfast doing a breakfast show you know an hour out of Sydney, I know exactly where that leads, brother, and that leads to a breakfast show in one of the capital city in this yeah. country. So enjoy the journey, mate, because the journey is just as fun as the destination. Exactly, which is what I do. So, mate, appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. And hosting Survivors a pretty damn good retirement plan down the track. I tell you what. <laughs> I well, know I've got to beat Johnny and Osher apparently. Osher yeah, stepped in last night too. So he just took over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take out a few dudes. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, mate. I know who we'd prefer. Yes, Danny McPherson. Oh, I was gonna say Osher, but anyway, see you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.